So Patty, great interview today with Dustin. I think one of the longer ones we've done because it just had so much information packed in there, right? So much. I mean, I like I said, I didn't see the time going by. Um, yeah. It was so informative. I came away really understanding, you know, some really key points about selling big monster accounts on yes. cash discounting. Yeah, absolutely. So and he's done a marvelous job. I mean, uh, really he's has. really thought out everything. So I, I think everybody's going to really enjoy this interview. Yeah. Then tell us about the insiders report, Patty. Uh, we, you know, we have the latest on what Square is doing. I'll just tell you that uh, their competitive wins are, are strong. Yep. Yeah. They're and going after questions uh, in the field. They're going after B2B. And then uh, in my questions in the field, I kind of piggyback off of our interview and talk about integrating cash discounting and surcharging into point of sale gateway and other technology solutions. Let's go, James. Let's do it. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. So Patty and I are here with my good friend, Dustin Wilkins. He is the president of Dynamic Merchant Processing. How are you doing today, Dustin? I'm doing great, guys. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Doing wonderful. Good. Thank you. Yeah. So this is a conversation that I've been wanting to have for quite a while. And it's something that I think is going to be very uh, you know, popular in the industry, which is cash discounting and surcharging with monster merchant accounts. You know, these merchants doing over a million dollars a month in, in uh, you know, processing volume. You know, what's going on with that? And it's, it's an area of the industry where we're seeing a ton of growth. Um, we're seeing a lot of opportunity. Dustin is really a specialist in this area. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But um, before we dive into all that, Dustin, can you give our audience a little background? Tell us your story. How did you get into this industry? And then how did you end up kind of focusing on these large merchant accounts passing the cost of processing on? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. Um, first, let me just thank you guys for letting me come on to the uh, podcast today. I'm, I'm really honored to do that. You know, I'm, it's sort of a uh, bucket list for a geek like me. So, um, <laughs> you know, I've been talking to uh, James for 10 years now, but it, it, to meet Patty's really great. So, again, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on. Um, you know, as for my history, it's sort of a you know long story, but the short of it is, is, is back in 2003, um, when I graduated from college, I went to work in Atlanta for a company that, that literally created the, um, uh, the card, the, the prepaid debit card for the unbanked uh, population, right? So they're the first to ever do that. And, and I was fortunate enough to really just be the assistant to the CEO and, and he drug me around everywhere and I got to go to amazing meetings and, and, and things of that nature. And, um, uh, you know, and today you can see those cards, you know, at every Walmart and Walgreens, um, right. you know, and, and really any retailer. Um, uh, from there, I eventually uh, moved on to work for another company that specialized in ACA owned by the same guy. But then we again built another, you know, that prepaid debit card. And I was able to be the product development manager for that. So all that really gave me a great start, you know, from the card issuing side uh, in this industry. And so, so after that, uh, I took a little break from the, from the industry for a few years. Um, and, but by coincidence, during that time, my mom, uh, uh, she got into merchant services and just some kudos oh. to her. I mean, she is an absolutely amazing merchant services person. If anybody's listening, <laughs> uh, she is my mom. You can't poach her, um, but, but absolutely amazing. And, and, <laughs> and as I was sort of, uh, you know, talking to her um, throughout those years, I mean, you know, she's having this amazing, amazing success. And I just saw an opportunity um, uh, to, uh, to service merchants, it blew my mind that small to medium-sized businesses were outsourcing their their credit card processing to to you know call centers, and that and that thing. So that's sort of how it started. I just saw that opportunity and you know yeah. thought that was a disaster for them, and so you know at 32ish years old, I, I I quit what I thought was my dream job, um, 
and and moved into my parents' extra room. Um, and, <laughs> You're yeah, one and of those boomerang kids, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, I came right <laughs> back. Um, uh, yeah, and she had to feed me too. You know, I mean, we we were the the most uh, the purest form of a startup you can imagine, right? Yeah. So so yeah. you know that was 12 years ago, and we've been plugging away ever since. And it's just been a been a great experience. Um, you know, James, I, we've had people that have had a lot of back interesting backstories. Right. But I think this is the first that I've heard of a of somebody following their mother. Yeah, that's true. That's and right. you know what? What what better path to follow? I have to what say what better path to follow than your mother. <laughs> I think the truth is many of us actually follow the path of our mother. We just we just don't have the confidence that Dustin does to come out and say that that's come out and say it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I you know it, it's I, I'm I'm proud of it. You know, we you know, yeah, we worked sure. for the first couple few years and then after things really took off, it, it allowed uh you know, her to go into a, an early retirement and, and things yeah. that out great for, for everybody. So, That's you know, awesome. something, something I'm really proud of, you know, yeah, I love it. I guess it is unique. Um, you know, and as far as the, the cash discounting uh, story, um, I tell this one all the time, but it, it's sort of funny when uh, the way it happened was I had this sales agent, Sean, and he's been with me for, you know, 12 years and he's amazing. And, and but he's in the office every day, poking his head in and he, and he popped in one day, you know, three years ago and said, Hey, um, I got a merchant who has heard that he can charge a fee on credit and debit cards and uh, he wants us to set him up. And I said, uh, yeah, that's not allowed. You know, I didn't say no. I said, heck no. You know, right. <laughs> but, you know, I right. said, heck no, you know, because I, I knew like, Hey, that that's not allowed within the visa surcharging rules. Right. And, and, you know, but he persisted, he persisted because the merchant persisted. And right. so, Finally, I sort of conceded that I will, you know, against my better judgment, we'll do a little research. And but that research sort of short, sort of showed me that, you know, I, I found out, hey, this is legit. You know, you mm -hmm. can, you know, do that if you do it this way with the state and federal regulations. And so still reluctantly and reluctantly, because I thought what most of our merchants, you know, think when you present this to them, like even if it is allowed, I'm going to crush their business and. I like to make money and we like to have success, but we do that, you know, we are very rooted in everything's on the up and up is it's the best interest right. of a purchase first, you know, so I right. really was hesitant, but this guy, and, and, and I, I guess I should send him a thank you letter. I've never done that, but he, this, this merchant persisted, right? So yeah. finally said, okay, man, have it your way. And, and we did it. Then right. my OCD, I followed up with him. I feel like every day for a month and, and I was just blown away at the lack of negative response from uh, his customer, you know? Yeah. And then, so that led to us, you know, going ahead and trying it with one more merchant and then another merchant and then another. And three years later, it's it's one of our primary focuses. Um, sure. You know, we have a couple others and that's uh, search, you know, specializing in, in custom solutions for surcharge into these well accounts. You know, we do a lot of right. free TPS giveaway, but cash discounting is still one of our huge focus. And like a lot of companies in our industry, you know, it's really been a game changer. So. So we're yeah. very super yeah. So, so our conversation today, obviously is very different than ones that, that we normally do Dustin, because even though you have sold a lot of these large whale type accounts, um, we decided today to really kind of focus in on one uh, story, one merchant account. 
it's one that you and I have talked about obviously many times, but I wanted our audience to, to hear the story. So you know, normally with a story like this, we'd start at the beginning, but I wanted to start at the end today. Can you tell our audience a little bit about this merchant account that's this recent deal that you finalized? Just give them a little context. I know you can't tell them you know, everything or too much, but give them a little context about this account, the size of it, you know, um, how this deal kind of went down, and then, then we'll kind of break it down and talk about the backstory of what led to that deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll sort of, to your point, give you the 10,000 foot view. Um, sure. uh, this merchant is a 45 location fast food chain that, that processes upwards of, of $3 million a month, right? And they're, they're utilizing uh, cash discounting at, at a 4% uh, non-cash adjustment. And because they're low average ticket, you know, they really, you know, when they came to us, they were paying 2.8%, right? right. So right. so now, uh, as a result of this program, they're saving, you know, something like $1 million, up, upwards of a $1 million a year wow. in processing fees. Um, you know, and, and that, that's the obvious first benefit to them. Um, uh, our response, or their response from their customers, has been fantastic. So they're doing over 200,000 transactions a month. And they're receiving roughly 10, I call them legitimate complaints, but, you know, I, I, we have no way to track every person to ask about the program, but people who actually go on to their, take the time to escalate it to upper management, we're talking about 10, 10 real complaints a month. So that's less than one half of one basis point of every customer served is, is actually complaining. A um, thousandth of a percent or something. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, just, it's just unbelievably negligible, you know, and we accomplished that, you know, by being really um, transparent with, with the program. We have, I think it's six notices at each location, whether it, you know, one's on the fast food speaker, um, you know, where you order, there's one at the window, there's there's some at the point of sale, they're at every point of entry, you know, they're really, and then the, we have trained and retrained uh, their their employees to, to to really, so they know what to say, right? And if it gets escalated, you know, we have canned, uh, we have handouts that they give to the customer to help ex- explain it. They also have canned responses via email to to send back to uh, those complaining customers and, right. and just done a fantastic job. It was a lot of training, but yeah. they did a great job. Um, uh, the last thing I'd point out is, is something that, that I never imagined. You and I talked about this before. I say, I didn't imagine, I've never thought through, but but as a result of this, their, their valuation has absolutely skyrocketed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, their valuation for this company as a result of this program has increased by two and a half million dollars. It's just yep. staggering, you know, yep. and that I never thought of that. I'll, I'll definitely be leading uh, with that in the, the future. Well, cash discount deals, yeah, but that's that's just the interesting side point that yeah. you know that they increased by that much. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean their EBITDA, you know, has got to be uh, <laughs> up pretty significantly there. So yeah, that's that's awesome. So, okay, so we we've heard kind of the end of the story. Let's get back to the very beginning. So this particular merchant, um, you've given us the ten thousand foot view. How did you get in contact with this merchant? What were some of the early obstacles to getting to the right decision maker? And all, can you talk about kind of that part of it and just the initial uh, prospecting effort there? Yeah, for sure. So um, uh, this merchant came from a referral partner of ours, right? And and uh, when I mean referral partners, I'm talking about an, an individual who owns a dinosaur of a cash register company, right? And sure. I've been working with this guy for 10 years. So he he does it, you know, I, I'm the, my 
new agents that come out after a week of training no more than this guy does after 10 years but but he's a really he's really good at just sort of introducing us to people bringing us up to people when he's talking to them and we've been doing that for 10 years and it's, it's amazing for him his residuals bloomed over fifteen thousand dollars a month and he's never sold him sold a merchant account in his life um uh, but it came it came direct uh, uh from that referral partner um uh when it comes to you know kind of how the deal went uh, the, he introduced us to the CFO. We had our initial meeting, um, and it took up every bit of two years to, to finally get them closed and probably another three to five months to actually get it, to get them rolled out. So, sure. um, uh, was there a lot of, was there a, a lot of initial resistance to the concept and, you know, how did you overcome that? Yeah. So like with any, you know, you guys know with any cash discount merchant, everybody loves the idea of savings. Right. It's a given. It's done. You know, that's that's their motivator, obviously. But it's always the same thing. It's always, you know, oh, my God, my, my customers are going to right. have a fit. Right. Yep. And, and I always use this in my training. I said, look, guys, when you when you're talking to these owners or executives or whatever the case that, you know, their mind is going to if I put if I roll out this program. Um, I'm stuck and cust- if customers get mad, I'm going to lose customers. I'm going to lose sales. I got to fire employees all the way down to my kid. I can no longer afford for my kid to go to private school. Right. right? right. And we overcome that um, one by pointing. So it's a lot easier today than it was three years ago, because now we point to examples. Right. right. These, and this one be another great example. I'm leading with this account for any fast food chain I talk to, you know, right. but if you give them the examples of how, of how, uh, the program works at other places. You let them talk to the owners, the executives at the other places. And most importantly, you walk them through a mock scenario where you tell them like, Hey, here's, here's what your customers are going to say. And here's how you respond. Right. right? And, right. and, and when you, when you do that and they can sort of feel or see how they can resolve those issues, because they're not thinking about that in the beginning. Right. right. That's so key. Right. Like you just have to sure. paint that picture and, I, and I'll give them, I'll try to shorten this down, but I kind of give them a long canned response and let them build their own response off that. But essentially what I tell them is like, look, guys, your customer's going to say, what is this fee? I don't like it, whatever. And what you need to do is explain to them like, hey, you, you may not know this, but the cost of card acceptance is, is growing every year and it's astronomical and it's a big burden. Right. And we had a choice. We could increase the pro- the cost of every product. Um, uh on our on our menu and give you no option just just you have to absorb right. it or we could put this program in and give you the option to avoid that price increase and we decided to do that you know essentially for you it's more trouble for us you, you would have paid the price increase right we wanted to do this because we felt like it was fair and uh more fair right and and so uh that's the approach i take and, and sort of if you can build that if you can build that uh example for them and they can see yeah. how they get out of each scenario then they really their wheels start turning and and then you know i sort of back that up with hey guys you're not stuck with this you can you can try it for a day a week a month whatever yeah and, and that's sort of how we overcome it so yeah this is this is so such good information i i know our audience is is enjoying because you know i've talked about this so many times but it's the training 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 you have to train the employees if you want to get that you know really low level of complaint um, I want to get though to the technology because we don't talk about this very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're trying to sell large merchants on surcharging or cash discounting, either one, sometimes the technology can end up being a larger hurdle, even than that objection, in my opinion. Um, sure. Because, you know, sometimes you'll convince them and they're like, yeah, let's do it. 
So go ahead. I've got micros. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So yeah. talk to us about this specific deal. Um, what did you have to do on a technology side? How did you end up actually implementing this, this cash discount program? Yeah, for sure. And, and to your point, you know, you're right. If this merchant would have had micros, they're not, they're not, well, with at these savings, you know, if they knew the program 100% was going to work, then they probably would have made the change. And the approach I would have had to take was, let's put in this new POS system at one right. location. But because they're right. a part of a larger franchise, the franchise may not have allowed that. So a lot right. of things had to fall in place for this particular deal to work, right? right. Um, but, you know, we, we definitely didn't install a standalone Verifone terminal, right? I mean, we, we ended up um, uh, uh, reprogramming, not reprogramming, but, but utilizing their current point of sale system. Sure. Um, we were fortunate in that this particular franchise was in the process of changing over their, their POS system. We were also fortunate that the POS system uh, did have the functionality. It, they, they weren't using it today, right. but it was almost there when we showed up. And it could and, be, you, you were able to help them get it across the finish line, basically. That's right. So this particular group, you know, they they did all of their POS uh, installs and any kind of changes or tweaks from their POS comes from the corporate side. The corporate side has a full-blown team that's dedicated to supporting their POS, right? right. So they were they were pretty great to work with, right? And, yes. and it was a little clunky in the beginning. Um, yes. uh, and it took some, some trial and error and... You know, uh, I actually, because this was such a big deal, I actually went out to a lot of the locations for the installs. And, you know, there were yeah. there were 45 of them at uh, that started at 530 in the morning, you know, actually 430 in the morning sometimes when they get on Eastern because I'm central. But right, uh, right. but we go out there. The first the first were pretty rough. You know, I mean, the first yeah. two stayed there almost 16 hours. Yeah. Um, once they got, you know, the first, you know, they kind of got over the hurdles and worked out the kinks. Then we were able to roll it out. And, you know, and then, then it was just bam, bam. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. it. I love it. So, um, you know, you mentioned uh, a little bit ago that it was a non-cash adjustment type uh, program. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Obviously, you know, cash discounting surcharge, and there's a lot of different um, forms, whether it be a service fee, convenience fee, you know, there's a lot of different uh, ways this is done, you know, listed on the receipt. So maybe give a little more context of, of the specifics of the type of, you know, program you set up for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, with a company this size, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about it more uh, in a minute, but a company this size, you know, compliance is of the, of the first order, right? And, and we ultimately did go with non-cash adjustment. And um, before we, you know, in this case, we took the extra time to really dig in and we went out and saw the consultant. He was a really great one. His name's James Shepard. <laughs> as, you're, as you're saying that, I'm like, I wonder if he had somebody else there using it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, you're my go-to. Uh, I, I give every shout out to James. Great so, shout out, James. Right, right. Um, you know, but we worked closely with you to tweak that sticker. And, and you know, a lot, we used a lot of the same language that we had before with some minor tweaks. But but the sure. one thing we did for the first time, and I've adopted this now for all merchants uh, in our cash discount portfolio, but, but we added sp- language that... Uh, small print into that notice or sticker that that reference the specific portions of the Durbin Amendment that apply here, mm-hmm. right? So every mm-hmm. yeah, and that that allow that empowers those guys to say, hey, you know, here's our response, here's our can response. Also, go take a look at this, and and you know, it really helps legitimize it. So I just thought that was a genius idea that James gave us, and and we've continued to to roll with that, you know, across our cash discount portfolio. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's super interesting because. People, you know, one thing that always interests me, Dustin, is as I'm talking to others in the industry about compliance with cash discounting and, and surcharging, really, but specifically cash discount because there's more of a gray area. Um, 
you know, people are always like, all you're doing is changing the language on the sign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like what they fail, I think, to understand is that the only issue here from a compliance perspective, they don't understand the flow of how this works. You know, a, a customer gets upset. What do they do? They take a picture of the sign. They take a picture of the receipt mm -hmm. and they send it to the issuing bank. Right. Um, the issuing bank, if they think, you know what, something is not right here, then they send it on up to the card brands. The card brands reach out to the acquirer. The acquirer reaches out to the processor. The processor reaches out to the merchant. So, um, you know, you have this whole flow and the entire flow is predicated on what's on the sign and what's on the receipt. Um, and so the idea that it's, you know, somehow is trivial, what's on the sign and what's on the receipt is ridiculous. It's literally the only thing that matters. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, I think it's interesting putting the, you know, to me what it does when they see a sign that has that legal language at the bottom in small print, um, you know, that, that really tells the issuing bank and the card brands, you know, we may not like what's being done at this merchant location, but whatever they're doing, they believe that they have a legal rationale for what they are doing. Right. And right. so that, you know, just, it's the same thing of, you know, if somebody reaches out to you and says, I'm not happy with you, you're as a business, you're like, okay, tough. If somebody reaches out with, with a letter from their attorney, mm -hmm. you're going to take that a lot more seriously. Cause you're like, wait a second. Like they're, they've taken legal action. They're thinking this through. And I think in the same way, whether it's a customer or an issuing bank or a card brand, when they see a sign like that, you know, it just really says something. So anyway. Well, I, um, and, and also it, it's the legality, I think too, James, you know, the fact yes. that as Dustin says, you referenced the Durban Amendment. As a consumer, if I'm going to go in there and I see that, I'm far less likely yes. to complain. Yeah. Um, but that does bring me to, if, if we can just backtrack a little bit, Dustin, because I was wondering, you mentioned a few minutes ago about 10 complaints, I think you said per month or, mm -hmm. or something like that. You know, can you give us a little bit of feel for that in terms of, you know, I mean, you're running what, hundreds of thousands of transactions. Uh, what are what are some of the complaints and how do you, how have you worked to communicate, you know, outside of the sign, you know what I'm saying, once sure. the complaint comes? And I would imagine a lot of the complaints are going to just go to the clerk, right? Sure. I mean, sure. most of them mm -hmm. aren't going to take it up to, to the corporate level. So mm -hmm. uh, can you give us a sense for, for how, you know, how they assuage that? And also, is that 10 complaints? Is that has that been pretty steady or has it, it would seem to me that if you have repeat customers after a while, that's going yeah. to go down. That's right. You know, and by default, I mean, is the obvious uh, reason that, that, you know, the complaint, one of the main reasons the complaints are so low is because people just don't pay attention, no. you know, and, and right. they don't, and, and it's not, we're being as transparent as we could possibly be, but by right. human nature, people are just not that attentive. So, you know, if everyone itemized everything and, and looked at every single receipt and, 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 scoped out the store before they walked in, you know, maybe we'd see a little bit more. Um, but uh, when you have, um, uh, as far as the clerks go, you know, that uh, these complaints, these 10 complaints I'm talking about are the ones that, that aren't resolved. And, and the clerks are sort of just explaining it to them briefly. And most people take that response, you know, mm -hmm. fair-minded people will take a response of, hey, you know, we, we didn't want to increase the price and force you to pay that amount, we wanted to give you that option. So that eliminates the vast, vast majority because most people are fair-minded, right? right? Um, uh, now, when, we, when we're talking about the, what I call legitimate complaints, the ones that have to be addressed, 95% um, of the time, and, and James knows this all too well, I'm sure, you know, what they're saying to you almost, it's, it's just on repeat is, is, hey, you can't do that. 
that's illegal. They always use illegal right. to charge a fee on a debit card, right? Right. At which time, you know, these guys have a a handout that they can give them if it's if it's in person, and that handout gives a detailed explanation of what the program's about. It tells about the the legalities or why it's compliant, um, and and that snuffs some a lot of them out. And then if they ultimately end up uh, in the district manager's hands, you know, or through the contact us page, they have the same sort of literature in a canned email. And then in extreme cases, when when none of that resolves, and James and I talked about this the other day, then then I offer to reach out or we offer to reach out, right? And, and when we reach out, we just say, hey, guys, we're, you know, we, we're calling you because we understand that you escalated an issue to the, these guys' corporate office. And, and we just wanted to call and tell you what, what they are doing, what we are doing with them as far as how this program works. Here are the legalities. We're completely not, you know, trying to pull any stunt here. You know, here's, here's why it's not surcharge. You know, we just go into all that detail. Right. And then, you know, to date, which, you know, I mean, we're talking about millions of transactions now. We've had nobody, you know, who didn't ultimately accept our response and say, oh, makes sense. And then the last thing I'd say this, you know, pretty obvious, but you you brought it up too, Patty, is that that once their customer base has made one turn through through their uh, through their location, then they've, right. they've sort of been served notice. Right? right now they're yeah, now they're what's the term they're they're uh, it's de-escalated. You know, they, they've been right. I always say they've been served. Right. right. So the next right. time through, it's on them to bring to bring cash. So that's that's a big help. As you know, and usually I would say I always tell our uh, new cash discount clients the first month is going to be the worst month. Right. Mm -hmm. And then moving forward, it's really going to be about customers who have never haven't been been to your location before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. Right. you know, there's a lot to be said for that. I know, you know, I. I, I go to stores where suddenly something is a lot more than it used to be. And I say, right. how come? And they're like, oh, well, you know, you know, take cigarettes. You know, the government just imposed a dollar, a pack yeah. tax on it. Right. Like, right. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. And I know yeah. because of, you know, who I am, I know it's not the clerk's fault. Right. So I go back to the car and I just grouse to the dog, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I go back to the store the next time I need that thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's how a lot of people are would be about this. You know, they'd grouse, but then they'd also think, oh, well, yeah, it does cost him money and I am getting a service. So, right. you know, Fair. you see how most of it can de-escalate. It's mostly about the the uh, moment. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and if it's properly communicated, fair-minded people uh, uh, almost always see the logic. And, and actually can appreciate it. So I always use the example with them because we do a ton of restaurants, right? And right. I always listen, I waited tables for way too long, like through college and oh, then, yeah. and I, then I, I started to move to the beach and park in three, you know, I was going to stay three months, stay three years kind of thing. And I always say, if I was in that restaurant or I was in that fast food chain, I would de-escalate these things 99.9% .9 of the time, right? right. So you just have to be, you know, you have to be prepared and know what you're going to say. And, and a lot of these, uh, the, the hourly employees that are actually serving the food and taking the order, you know, a lot of their responses are, are more trying to create empathy and say, listen, you're, you're, you're coming after the wrong person, right? I mean, right. they're, they, you know, they have right. their own individual touch, so they, they can explain it to the degree they feel that they, right. you know, that they can. And then they sort of say, look, and don't shoot the messenger, you know, it's just the, you know, we're trying right. to do right. a service kind of thing. And so everyone has a different approach, but at the end of the day, you've just got to have a way, you know, to, to communicate it and always have a little, it's sort of a running joke in my office, but if I'm ever selling any of these restaurants, I always tell them, because it's true. I say, listen, this program is going to work. 
if as long as the, the manager and the owner has control of, of the way their employees communicate to their customers. And the employees have a good attitude, right? I mean, right. You have to make sure mm-hmm. that the employees that are on the front line do have a good attitude instead yes. of saying, oh, you know, well, my boss is just trying to, you know, get more money out of you, you know, there's. Yeah, you get somebody saying that, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 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 definitely 100% right. And I tell them that when I go in, you know, when I went to a few of these locations to roll out, I said, listen, I told the whole crew because they bring the whole crew in. I said, listen, this program is here to stay. But, you know, there's it's going to go one or two ways. You guys can have a positive attitude about it and and, and communicate effectively. And, and then you're going to have not so many complaints or they're going to get resolved quickly. Or you can have the attitude that Patty just, you know, stated, and that is, Oh uh, yeah, don't pay by card because you know they got this stupid fee. And if you if you take that route, your life's going to be miserable. But I, but I you know I, I did in this case I explained it to the employees. But most of the time I I say it to the owners and the managers, and it's sort of as a challenge. You know, yeah. it's great. Like it's a what's yeah. that um, uh, subconscious selling type thing. Right. If, if you present it to them like, hey, all these other guys are doing a, are, are doing it and having no problems and saving all this massive amount of money, right. but I have had a few fail. And those that fail were the people who, who poorly manage is really the right. point. Yeah. Except well, I think too, I think too, Dustin, it's, it's so crucial that everybody from, you know, starting with the ISO or agent making the sale <clears throat> all the way down through the managers, owners to the employees, that they understand that this is not a, a trick of, <clears throat> you know, we're going to just save a bunch of money at the expense of the consumer. Right. And mm-hmm. instead they have to understand, I was just doing a training for a big processing company on, I don't even know when that was right after the SEAA, I guess Wednesday morning. And you know, one of the things I told them is I said, you know, everybody in this room, you know, you have, you think one of three things, either you think cash discounting is the wrong decision for the merchant. Mm. If that's the case, you can't sell it. Right. Some right. of you think it's the right decision for the merchant and you can sell it, but you think it's the wrong thing for the consumer. You don't think it's, you really in your heart of hearts don't think it's actually the best thing for the consumer. You can sell it, but you're going to get a lot of compliance issues because you don't know how to train your, your merchants. Mm-hmm. I said, those who are really successful, they understand that not only, again, whether it's cash discount or surcharge, they understand that, like you mentioned earlier, Dustin, every company in America is passing the cost of processing onto the consumer. Yes. The question is, how? how? Are right. they doing it by increasing prices across the board for everybody? The net effect being that those that do not have fancy rewards cards and frequent flyer miles and all of that, they have to pay more for nothing. Right. And then the people who have all the rewards, they pay the same as the people who don't. So once you get that through your head and say, wait a second, no, no, like this program is the best program for me as the ISO and agent because I'm going to make a fortune. Right. It's best for the merchant because they're going to save a fortune. And it's best for the consumer because it forces those who are getting the benefit to pay the cost of the benefit. Right. That's when I think, you know, you become really effective and you have that ability then to communicate that, <clears throat> excuse me, down to the owner, to the manager, <clears throat> and then ultimately the employees that are on the front line. Uh, yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. And you know, and you've put out a lot of great content on this subject. You know, and there's a lot of people, uh, you know, out there in our industry today that feel like you know one of the first two scenarios that you painted. And, and you know me, I mean, I, I call you for a lot of things that that maybe you know uh, I'm a little over the top about, a little OCD about. But um, <laughs> you uh, have to be for the big accounts for sure. That's right. Yeah, but in the beginning, yeah. I, I had a little bit of that. Uh, hesitation, you know, because yep. I just I just want to play by the rules, and I don't want to. I never want to hurt anybody, right? Right. So I kind of went through those stages of grief ish, you know. And <laughs> uh, but now I see people three years later, whether it's in our in our Facebook group or whatever, who just have this really 
this attitude like, you know, we're hurting the consumer. And, and it's really, that's not, not true. No, it's not true. It's exactly what you just said. And what you, but you do have to have, you do have to understand that. And, and, and if you don't understand it, you know, dig into it and then, and then right. reach the same conclusion that you just laid out. And once you do that, you know, I, I feel like I'm helping the community, right. you know, helping my merchants and, yeah. and, of course, it's and great. helping the consumer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I have one other question here and then I want to get to uh, just quickly talk about kind of more of what you do, Dustin, but um, one other thing about this specific merchant. So I know recently you and I actually even did, I think we did a Q and a video about this, but you had one complaint that I think surprised you a bit um, about sales tax. Um, and so I'd love for you to tell us about that situation. And also um, I know we can't get into too much of the weeds here. I'll give the link to that same ebook that I, you know, pr provided you on that call, but um Talk to us a little bit. I know some on the call probably were surprised when you said about the 4%, <clears throat> thinking like, wow, I was, I'm surprised you're able to do 4% on a merchant this large, um, right. but they don't really, they're not handling sales tax correctly and they don't understand how that impacts the margin. So mm -hmm. if you could maybe just touch on that and then this specific complaint and tell our audience about how, what happened there. Yeah. So, so this definitely was a challenging one. I, I would rank it as my most challenging uh, complaint in the history of my cash discount career. Right. Um, it, you know, like I mentioned earlier, 95% of the complaints are, oh, that's illegal. You know, that's not compliant. Right. You can't charge debit cards. And that per this person had that argument. Right. And so I was able to shoot that down, just like, you know, we shot it down thousands of times before. But he had a second layer to his argument. Um, and that second layer was, hey, you're also charging me more tax. Right. And I thought, I don't, uh, at first it just kind of puzzled me. And then as he talked, and after I hung up the phone, I just said, hey, I'll get back with you. And then after I hung up the phone, I started thinking it through. And, and, and my immediate knee-jerk response was to sort of call, you know, some of our other, you know, guys that I know in the industry, companies I know in the industry that are heavy cash discount. And I said, hey, I've never had this before. Uh, what do you guys say in this case? And in every case, their response was the same. They, they said, I don't know. We've never heard that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like this, you know, it's like a. And it just never had nobody. Nobody had a response. Is, is the bottom line. Um, and it and just it, it just so well, happened I had literally just finished publishing an ebook on this topic, literally like the week before. I so remember when you called me up, that, and I was like, yeah. "Well, guess what?" <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it, it was all the same response, you know. And and so uh, the result of that was I reached out to you, you know, and we had that conversation. And, right. And you know, the backstory was, of course, that you know if they had a ten dollar hamburger combo as they were set up that day, right? They have a $2 hamburger combo and they had a dollar in tax. We were charging the fee on the $11, the total of the two. Uh, yeah, and so his argument was like, hey, you just charged that fee on top of my tax. And, and through your consult, you know, we sort of reached the conclusion like, hey, that's, you know, that's probably not the way to do it. And, and the crazy thing is, is that, and you know this, is that 99.99% of every account in the country set up on cash discount today is capturing the fee on top of the sales tax, right? Mm -hmm. And that includes surcharging too. I mean, that's just don't, let's yep. not leave that out. I mean, these right. surcharging programs are doing the same thing. Yeah. Yet I've never heard about it. And I feel dumb because I never really thought about it. Yeah. You well, know, and the main, the main reason is most of these smaller and medium merchants, mm -hmm. they don't even, they would never notice it. Um, where you really start to run to the issue is either you get a complaint like this from a, from a um, customer or you get a um, complaint from the accountant that says, wait a second, you know, the amount of sales tax that we withheld versus mm -hmm. what was collected versus what was owed is all off. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, we just, in order to resolve that, you know, what we did was we just went back to that corporate uh, POS 
division, you know, that right. that's bad. And we said, hey, listen, here's what we want to do. We just want to collect the, the fee on the $10 combo, the non-cash adjustment. We don't want to collect it on the dollar, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that worked out. The merchant was all in for that change. That's great. But of course, the next step was, oh, by the way, you know, as it's set today, Mr. Merchant, you are now paying um, the processing fees, actually the increased flat rate right. on sales tax. Right. And I can't off the top of my head remember what that was going to cost them, but let's just go with 10%. Like, so they, instead of saving 100%, they were saving 90% now, right? Right. Um, I have a really great relationship with, with the merchant, and, and but, you know, they were not, that wasn't something they were real thrilled about, let's say, yeah. right? Because yeah. they're collecting this fee. They right. know the fee is is enough to cover what their former expenses were. Right. And they just see no logic. Right. And I couldn't argue the point. Like I agree. Like I, you know, I brought it up to right. them just to get their feedback, but I knew that ult- and I knew right. where this was going. And and to resolve this, what we ended up doing was just reducing their flat rate um right. to to offset the fee that was collected only on the ten dollar combo. Right. It was a little more interesting than that because, you know, so what you're essentially doing is trying to set the flat rate uh, up in a way that, that, it, that it takes, that it considers the tax for that specific region or municipality, you know, yes. or whatever. It changes that per location. Yeah. Yeah, per location. Yeah, that's yeah. really yeah. difficult, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 And so what we did, they, they just quickly gave us a list of all their, ta- their total tax costs for each location. Per mid. Yeah. Per mid. Yeah. So we ended yep. up with, uh, somewhere in the ballpark, 10, 12 different flat rates that we had to apply yeah. to each location. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, uh, but we did that. And, you know, of course, the result of that was that that we ended up taking, you know, something like a 30, 33% haircut on yeah, our margin. On margin. Yeah. yeah, but, but you know. You ended up beating the cost and it was still very profitable. But, but again, right. it, it goes back to the 4% where people are like, wow, you must have this huge margin. But what they don't understand is, somebody has to pay the processing fees on the sales tax collected. And it can either be the merchant can pay it, which means they're not going to save 100%. The customer can pay it, which is what happens 99% of the time right now. Um, The problem with that is it's technically a little iffy on the compliance side, Mm -hmm. and it's definitely means that they're going to collect the wrong amount of sales tax. That's for sure. Um, Again, small merchants are not going to care or notice, but when you get larger, that's a problem. The third option is the ISO agent can eat it, which is what you guys did. Uh, right. which generally is how that goes. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm stating the obvious here, but the margins are extremely healthy, right? And right. take that haircut, um, you know, it, it, I did, it wasn't a decision I mulled over, right? I mean, it, was, uh, it was an immediate <laughs> sure. thing where I said, hey, yeah. you know what? Because we're going to keep these guys for the long term. I mean, it's, you right, know, right. for all the benefits I laid out, you know, yes. for their for their savings and, and uh, yeah. evaluation and all that stuff. I mean, everybody's really happy. So happy to do it. Glad to get them compliant. I'd much rather be in that haircut stage than, to be yes. worried about what the accountant guy, you know, that right. wants What's to the next person going to say that ambulance chase. Yeah. So, so absolutely. Does that, does well, that manifest then Justin, Dustin, as um, you reducing the rate that you're charging them or does it manifest in a different way? Like you said, 4%, does that mean you're, you're going to 3.8 or something or. Yeah. So, so to start with, you know, with cash discount at 4%, uh, what is the offset of that? 3.83. 3.83, right? right? So they were charging 4% to their customer. We were charging 3.83 and everything washed out and that was great. Well, right. when we stopped collecting it on sales tax, somebody has to 
eat that offset. Right. So that 3.8% went down to three and a half ish, you know, what area, what their tax yeah, rate. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get a right. sense of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's like, you're, it's like, you're still, half. you're still collecting the 4% from the customer, but it's, you're right. only collecting it on the underlying transaction, not on the sales tax. Right. And then somebody has to cover that, that cost of processing on the sales tax, which in this case, the way that Dustin did that is we, you know, and again, it's it's complicated because it depends on on the sales. Well, yeah, that's what's the com. That's why I was yeah. wondering. I mean, you have to yeah. if you're taking a and haircut, you can't take it on each transaction. You have to take it on the whole across. Road, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and throw it out there just since we're having this detail conversation because what we just what we just talked about in the last five minutes or three minutes or whatever is obviously super complicated. Um, okay. if you go to ccsalespro.com slash sales tax, all lowercase, just sales tax, one word. So ccsalespro.com slash sales tax. Um, I wrote an ebook about that that's really, really detailed and it kind of explains and even gives you the formulas and stuff to um, figure that out. So, Dustin, I would love to have another hour long conversation about this because I think it's, I, and I know our audience actually, I, I really I get a sense a lot of times for how our audience is, is enjoying an episode. This is one that they're definitely not having a problem with a, a little bit of a longer interview. Um, yeah. But tell us, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are listening and kind of salivating and saying, well, I know a lot of big merchants or my agents have some big merchants they bring on on board, but we can never get them on cash discounting. We can never get them on surcharging because of some of these uh, obstacles that we've been talking about. Clearly, you're an expert in this area. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you do and maybe how our audience can maybe work with you on some of these large deals that they might come across. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's a good thing you're cutting me off because you know me, I could talk forever. But um, uh <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, it's not just cash discount for us. You know, we're 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 really uh, technology focused uh, these days. So we're providing a lot of custom solutions to these larger B two B clients. You know, we're building virtual terminals that that um, integrate into existing ERP, CRMs, ecom. You know, do level two, right. level three optimization, text to pay, all that kind of good stuff. Um, uh, and we, you know, we just each case is 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 a case by case situation where we. Uh, uh, evaluate, lead with technology and say, listen, can we, can we streamline your processes, uh, payment process? Can we add some efficiencies in what you're doing today? Um, and then we go out and literally, you know, code and program, build out those, those solutions for those guys for, for either cash discount or, or surcharging is sort of the last benefit. Right. Um, but, but if anybody, you know, is interested in having us take a look at, uh, you know, some large accounts that they feel like, hey, they've got a good in on, but they just uh, don't have the expertise to, to to get those over the finish line, then, you know, we're, we're always uh, willing to to look at those and, and, and evaluate it and see if there's something that we may be able to do to help. Um, and if they if they want to do that, you know, they can simply just shoot me an email. My email's Dustin at D is in dynamic, M is in merchant processing dot com. And We'll take a quick look at it, and if it sounds like a good fit, we can, you know, send over a Zoom link uh, and and sort of have a more detailed conversation about it. Awesome. So that was Dustin at dmprocessing.com. That's right. Got it. Okay, good. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's and we were talking before the podcast interview, but I mean, this is something that I have thought about even doing for a long period of time, and it's just like it's not the right fit for me at this time in my life. But it's like I keep looking like somebody has got to do this. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I really do want to emphasize to our audience. I mean this is a huge opportunity that Dustin is bringing up here because I can't tell you how many agents I talk to that they get in over their head and they've got a big account that's going to generate 10, 20,000 a month in residual. And they're like, well, I don't want to work with somebody else. I want to get all the money. Yeah. But you ended up getting none of it because you don't know how to close it. Right. And if you do close it, you don't know how to get the technology right. And if you get the technology right, you don't know how to get the compliance right. And if you get the compliance right, you don't know how to get the sales tax right. So 
you know, these are complicated deals. So yeah, if you've got these big deals, cash discount, surcharge, you know, anything requiring these significant technology integrations, um, you know, to Dustin's point, one of the biggest hurdles, Dustin, in my mind, when I was closing these big deals was even just like you mentioned, having somebody else to say, to mention, you know, to be able to say, let me introduce you to this client that currently has 45 locations that's doing this. And a lot of these big accounts, they're not going to move forward without that. And a lot of our listeners, they want to close the big deals, but they don't have that. Um, And so I I think it's, uh, I think it's really cool what you're doing there. So, um, you know, I definitely encourage people to reach out. So last thing, and we'll let you jump off here, Dustin, any final parting words of wisdom for those looking to close these bigger deals on cash discount and surcharge, you know, anything you would tell them, maybe those that listened to this and said, that sounds exciting. I'd love to make that much money. You know, what would you tell them? Yeah. So, uh, absolutely. The, the first thing I would kind of say is a little cliche of like knowledge is power, right? So, you know, we're talking about needing the experience to close these deals. I mean, it was years before I was able to do that. So if you, yes. you know, you just want to engulf yourself in all the knowledge you can, you can get about the industry, which is good advice for any, any person yeah. anywhere, but a great resource for that. The best resource in my opinion would be, you know, your content. You know, I mean, these guys, I sent every new agent through your training program first, but also pretty much demand that they watch every single thing you put out. Um, but past that, you know, you until you kind of get where you, where you need to be and you have those years of experience, you get yourself a mentor and a mentor that will teach you, you know, the ins and outs, but also will go in like you just discussed and, and, and support you through that sales process, you know, and to that point, that person could, you know, needs to be somebody who is, is proficient at closing those type of deals, has experience, but also they bring a lot of value in, in being able to point that potential client to a conversation with another executive in a similar industry. So there's a lot of uh, a benefit there. Um, I guess the second buzzword I would use is, is just technology. You know, if you go to any industry convention, once they, you know, they're talking about cash discounting and they're talking about technology, technology, technology. And right. and we really started adopting that in the last few years. And, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're doing, I think we have 350 million annual volume on deck right now right. that that are all uh, custom build outs, right? Yeah. I mean, they're all very specific, highly technical stuff. And then the, the last thing I'd say is just, you know, to, to dream big, because early on in my career, I I really felt like whales. I, did, I had no goal of getting to whales, yeah. right? I thought yeah. my company would always be too small. And right. then more recently, resistance to cash discounting, surcharging on a big right. whale level. Um, but obviously, uh, I was, I was really, that was a big mistake. I was wrong. You know, I mean, those are out there and you just have to be the expert in the room. Uh, the very last thing I'll say is that I learned a really great lesson from a, from a really large client that I've had for almost 10 years. These guys are, you know, they provide uh, a primary product, uh, to guys like Walmart and Amazon for their distribution chain. And, and what I realized was that it's not just the small to medium businesses that are getting terrible service from large ISOs or processor direct. It's the large clients. Absolutely. It's amazing. You know, I mean, and, and so you have a real opportunity there to provide them a, 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 tech, a technology while also providing them a level of services unmatched, something they, they just yep. can't get direct in almost all cases. So, so that yep. would be fine. That Love it, Dustin. Uh, such such great information. I know our audience appreciates it. I appreciate you taking the time, Patty and I do, for you just you know sharing this information with our audience and giving them some really good insights. Yeah, this is really really great stuff, Dustin. Thank you well, so much. You're welcome, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure uh, meeting you, Patty, and uh, appreciate Thank you guys you. having me on. Yeah, great times. Look forward to chatting again in the future. That'd be great. 
So Patty, of course, had the pleasure of attending the SEAA. Uh, you know, I guess when this airs, it'll be two weeks before. Um, and yeah, I saw, I saw your, I saw your pit, the pictures of your uh, presentation. It Thank like you. We had a great crowd there. We did. We had a great crowd. Had a lot of fun. Um, and of course, I got the opportunity to run into our sponsor for the podcast, Valor Payton. Everywhere right. I went, they were a major sponsor there at the SEAA. Um, and you know what's exciting is they're getting so many. Um, ISOs now, they're leveraging them for their terminal solutions. And as I think most people in our industry know, there's been a pretty significant shortage of microprocessors. Right. And that hasn't just affected our industry. That's affected everything from cars to computers to phones, everything else. Um, yeah, good news. I mean, I've talked to them through their connections with the supply chain. I mean, they are still getting terminals every week. Um, and they're not at full capacity, but they're they're on their way climbing back to full capacity. But they have terminals. They are keeping their um, clients supplied. Um, and that's, that's a pretty big competitive advantage right now, just the fact that they have the terminal. So yeah. if you're running into a shortage... Um, you know, you're using somebody else running into a shortage um, and and you're looking for a better solution. Um, definitely go to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R and check it out. Yeah, ccsalespro.com slash V-A-L-O-R. This is Questions from the Field brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. So, Patty, I really wanted to just piggyback very quickly today on the interview with Dustin, which was kind of our interview and our questions from the field all in it was, one. Because, and it was a very, yeah. yeah, very good interview, don't you say? I think I would, I definitely think it was. And it's something Dustin and I have, have you know, if anything, we kind of downplayed in the interview the extent that we've worked together on some of these. But, um, right. you know, I think he is fantastic. He is he's an unbelievable person. So the one thing I did want to talk about is I, I mentioned in a passing way in the interview about micros. Right. Um, and what I really want to talk about is integrating cash discounting and surcharging within uh, point of sale and e-commerce, card not present, gateway, whatever it is, integrating right. with technology. And what I really want to just say to our audience is that generally speaking, not only is it possible, um, but it's really not a huge leap in most cases now. Um, in order to make these integrations. Mm -hmm. The problem, I think, with a lot of our, our listeners in this area, or I shouldn't say the problem, but the, the um, constraint, is that they don't have any developers that work for them. Right. They don't understand how developers work. Mm -hmm. um, and, they, and so as a result, they, they, don't, you know, they don't understand. And so what I want to make sure our listeners understand is when you see a point of sale system and you say, well, this one doesn't do cash discounting. Let me give you an example. I mentioned Micros in the interview. One of the clients that I consult for, um, almost the only thing that they do, their primary focus is selling cash discounting to merchants with micros. Okay. And most of our listeners would say, well, that's impossible. You can't do cash discounting on micros. Yes, you can. So there are developers who specialize in customizing micros and they have the ability to go in and add a fee to receipts and add a different line item and, you know, adjust all that. And so, you know, ultimately with cash discounting, it's generally a trivial um, technology update to be able to allow this because on a technology side, really all you need is 
add this fee somewhere in the process, either before or after sales tax. Well, that actually is not a huge deal for most point of sale companies. They may not have that feature now, but they could get a full-time developer on it for a week and they could have that feature. Right. Right. And so I think a huge opportunity for our industry is, you know, pitching that to these people and saying, look, you know, if you can get your clients on this cash discount, I'll work with you. I'll mm -hmm. show you how to put it in there correctly. Mm -hmm. And then once you have it in there, we can work together and I'll go through your clients and I'll give you a 10% override on the cash discount volume. And so you may have an ISV um, or even a VAR that, you know, is not currently making money from processing or they're using one of your competitors. Right. And the idea of the cash discount and surcharge could potentially bring them on board because the margins are so high. Right. Right. Um, right. But the key point I really want to get across today very quickly is, is this, is that, you know, it is, it is pretty much trivial at this point to get cash discounting to work with a gateway, with the point of sale system. It does require development time, but you need to make that pitch to that technology provider to do that, especially for larger accounts. For um, surcharging, it's not trivial. It's becoming trivial slowly. I think in 24 months, it'll be trivial. Mm -hmm. But the issue with the surcharge, and one of the reasons cash discounting has been adopted so much faster on the technology side, is that with surcharging, you know, there's a whole extra step, which is check and see what kind of card it is first. Right. Usually they are able to do that, um, you know, pretty easily by looking at the, the bin, the bank identification number, which is the first eight digits on the card or whatever. And they can usually see, okay, you know, what is this? That's, that's, it's, there's many, many different ways you can do that in different APIs with different gateways, but you do have to be working with a gateway that's going to allow that step. And then the um, technology provider does have to program that entirely different step, which is before you add the fee, first check and see if it's a debit card, prepaid card, right. or credit card, and then only add it if it's credit. And right. then there's that trivial step of adding it. Um, right. So you have that piece of it, and then you just have reporting. You know, we need some kind of reporting to show how much was collected and things of that nature. Um, and of course, with surcharging, again, it comes back to how much money was settled to the account, and there's some other variables there. So, you know, some of that stuff gets complicated. I think companies like Cardex and many others are starting to pioneer this idea of allowing surcharging to be integrated into technology. And I think that's going to be a big um, competitive advantage for anybody that takes it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, but my point to our listeners is, don't walk away from these accounts because you're like, oh, well, you know, this one we can't integrate. Yeah, you probably can. Now, they may not want to do the integration, but the idea that it's not possible for somebody to program right. this into their system is ridiculous. Yeah. Whether it's surcharging yeah. or cash discounting, it can absolutely it, be it done. It can be done. Yes. Yeah. The question is, how much developer time is it going to take? And how willing are they to devote that time? Exactly. What What's your pitch to them? You know, right. and I mean, sometimes I'll be honest, some, you know, I've worked with a lot of big merchants. I mean, sometimes the pitch literally is just, I'll pay for it. So the idea is mm -hmm. they say, look, it's going to cost us $20,000 in developer time to develop this feature. And so they tell you that you go back to your client, that's going to save $14,000 a month and say, Hey, offer them 30,000. Right pay for it. Right. So the idea is you can get these things done. And I think it's, again, it's especially on the larger accounts. There's a lot of issue here where our, our, um, our listeners, our audience may not be familiar enough to understand how trivial this stuff is. Um, and they also are not understanding how to negotiate these things and say, look, yes, there is a real cost. So either make it up by giving them an override, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, and I mean, that's a really, you know, sometimes they'll say, look, it's going to cost us 20 grand to get this feature built. And you say, okay, well, this one account is going to generate 10,000 a month in profit for me. I'll give you 
and I'll give you 20% of all the other accounts that we sell together in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, yeah. well, that sounds great, you know? Right. So, you know, you gotta be able to negotiate those deals, but ultimately it can be done. It's just a matter of you making it happen if you think it's gonna be worth your while. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. So James, today I wanted to talk about the latest deal between Square and Plaid. Yes. Okay. I've heard about this. All right. Yeah. Yes. This is really interesting. Um, they, they're combining to support ACH debits for large online merchants. Okay. Okay. Now just as a little bit of background for people, Plaid is like what they call a uh, data aggregator. Yes. Okay. So it basically goes out and does screen, screen scraping and, you know, provides details on your various accounts. Like if you're in using Intuit or something like that. Right. Right. So basically, so, just just to clarify that a little bit further, you're saying, you know, the idea is it allows a third party to securely gain single one-time access. To so your, like to your bank account or whatever, or and so it's like or whatever. Yes. Right. So it's like there's a there's somebody they need access to your bank account to verify funds or something like that. You can use Plaid as the trusted middleman there, so exactly. that they get to log in, but you never gave them your login credentials. You gave Plaid your login credentials. You gave Plaid your login credentials, right. exactly. And so right. Plaid has your login credentials. So in this scenario, if you know the ACH debit option is there, right, um, and you choose it, then you know Square goes out to Plaid. Plaid uses what it has to right authorize, you know, make sure there's enough funds in there and then, right. you know, a- approves the transaction. Right. Now, this is the interesting thing. They um, said, uh, Square said that it's going to charge 1%. For ACH. For ACH, which is dramatically less than its, than its uh, card fee. Right. But it's a nice markup because it only costs about 25 cents to 50 cents to right. transact an ACH debit. Right. And, they, and they're specifically targeting larger transactions Large. for that reason, because ACH is one of those things where, correct me if I'm wrong, Patty, but isn't it like, as a general rule, it doesn't matter the size of the transaction. It's a per exactly. item cost. It's, the, it's a flat cost no matter yeah. what. Yeah, that's and interesting. And now they did a test of this and they found that the average transaction was about $3,500. Wow. Good night. Yeah. So they're yeah. going to bring in 350 bucks on that average transaction. It's going to cost them 10, you know, 25 to 50 cents. Exactly. Nice markup, right? Wow. Okay. Okay. So let me just give people a little bit of background on the ACH. Cause I know I've talked about this, but I don't know if everybody understands that the ACH is a store and forward mechanism, right? And, um, it's, you know, most, most commonly used for direct deposit, direct, you know, direct debit, bill pay, yes trade payments. Yes. Um, and they did last year, the ACH did something like $6 trillion. Okay. That's a uh, lot. <laughs> of, and it was $6 trillion on like maybe three or four billion transactions. So you can tell that the average transaction size is fairly large on the ACH. Yes. But here's the thing about the ACH, remember, it only, and the ACH connects all federally insured financial institutions. So all banks, credit unions, 
they all connect to the ACH. So you have open access to all these accounts. But the ACH only operates on Mondays through Fridays, not on holidays and not on weekends. Yeah. And traditionally, settlement occurs a day or two after the transaction. Right. right. Now, they do have now what's called the same day ACH. Conceivably, it could occur right. on the same day basis. Right. I think they charge a little bit more for that. Yes. But, you know, unlike the credit card networks, which are 24-7, 365. Right. And, um, and instant, instant approval. Instant approval. <clears throat> right. So, you know, I, I don't see this as like, this is going to blow credit cards out of the water. Right. But, you know, ACH has been used by online merchants in the past. It's just very right. cumbersome. Right. When I use the ACH with my merchant online, I have to give them all my bank account information. Right. Which you don't want to do. <clears throat> which I don't want to do. So right. now with this plaid agreement. Right. It allows Square to do something that other people aren't necessarily doing at this point. Well, and I think where it's really, really interesting is just like when I was at the SCAA last week, I was with on that panel with Roger McNamara and, and Eric Jinks. You know, we were talking about the idea of leveraging credit cards or plastic to process B2B transactions, you know, and, mm -hmm. and going right. after that market. You know, this is a very, very clear competitor to that approach. Right. And when they announced it, they said, oh, it's for B2B or C2B. But the fact is, that when you're looking at $3,500 average transactions. Right, right. that's B2B. That, that's B2B. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. So that's that's gonna be very interesting. I'll you know definitely keep us posted. I'll be curious to see how that plays out. And I think <clears throat> there are a lot of, you know, a lot of our listeners that are going after that same space and right. they need to evaluate that. That's a, that's a really new, big new threat. And there are, you know, there are ACH processors out there who yeah. presumably, you know, and the other interesting thing about Plaid is remember Visa tried to acquire Plaid. Yes. Yes. And was, you know, was knocked down by the Justice Department. Right. But that doesn't mean somebody else can't acquire plans. Oh, my. No. I mean, I mean, the fact that they're open to being acquired means they're going to get acquired pretty yeah. soon. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I was, when I saw the announcement, I was even a little bit surprised in a way of just kind of wondering, is that really what Square wanted or did Square want to acquire them? Um, but, you know, these companies are both giant. I mean, the amount yeah. of debt that Square would have had to take on. Would to have do been the deal. humongous. I, I mean, yeah. like, they're too much of an equal for, yeah. you know, for that, yeah. I think. But I, but I would say, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, because, you know, I think, I think the other problem for Plaid is they have to be so careful who acquires them. They almost need to be acquired by Google or somebody like that, not only because of the size, but also because they don't want to get tied into a specific process or a specific bank, exactly. a specific card brand, because it's like, it's right. plaid kind of the big appeal is that they're a disinterested third party that, you know, and so I think it'd be more of a, uh, an Apple, a Google, um, you know, something along those lines. I thought, yeah, I've often thought Intuit. Yeah. Intuit would be a good, but again, even Intuit, you know, because they've, you know, they, they, they're on the acquiring side, they're on the issuing side They're you That's know, they, true. They yeah. are, they're on the processing. They're kind I mean, of locked in there as well. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. It's, it's a tough fit, which I mean, all these companies are going that direction, but it's, it's interesting to see how that goes. And, and you know, because they're now as Plaid, they're not public yet, I don't think, are they? No, no that, they that would just be the actually other... got a new round of funding, a huge new yeah. round of funding. Yeah. But the I... thing about Plaid too is that its technology, you know, is really specific. Yes, yes. You know, so I yeah. think, it's going to be a hard fit. I was about you know? to say that. I, I guess yeah. I'll kind of, I'll be surprised if they get acquired before they go public. You know, I think if I was them, I would want to go public first. I'd want to go public. Yeah. You know, because, get, I mean, they get a have true a valuation. Service, and that service is going to be so um, important 
when we when we really do get to real time payments. Yes. You know, something like a like a square, like a, a plan yeah. is going to be yeah. really central to that. Yeah, they're positioned really, really well. So, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll uh, I'm sure you'll keep us updated on that story, but oh, that'll be sure. interesting to see how it goes. Thanks, so. James. This episode of the Merchant Sales Podcast was brought to you by Valor Paytech, the technology company that is revolutionizing cash discounting and surcharging with innovative features like dual mid support, waive the fee options, and even adding non-cash adjustment charges to tips. Now, all of this is made possible by a variety of technology devices and solutions such as gateways, tabletop point of sale devices, and features like SMS text messaging and e-invoicing, all with cash discounting in mind. Valor Paytech, bold ideas, smart execution. Make sure you head over to ccsalespro.com slash valor, V-A-L-O-R, ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R. Schedule your free demo today and watch videos and learn more about this amazing technology solution. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and ccsalespro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.